Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Claves Online. This time we feature the commission, our newest teammate on Claves Online, and we're going to do this on a weekly basis along with following him on his writing on our website as well. So, Kamish, here we are at spring training. Uh, we've seen a few things so far, so let me get your first impressions of what you see. Well, you'd think as long as they've been here, they would have played more than four games, but they haven't <laughs> before today. So I think uh, Walker's made a big impression. Home run and the double played the field okay. Uh, Pitching-wise, Michaelis was really good the first game. Um, we haven't seen Flaherty, Montgomery, or Matson in an A game because they've been pitching on the backfield, so that's sort of a mystery there. Um I think they're okay. I think that some of the younger players have, have, have played pretty well. Um, uh, Wynn has been pretty good. You know, I don't know if he's going to hit, but he's been hitting down here. And you have the, the outfield derby is still kind of up in the air. O'Neill's played some center field. He'll play a lot of center field until he leaves for the Canadian team in the World Baseball Classic. But the advantage, if there is one, of him playing for the Canadian team is I don't think they're going to make it to the next round. He'll be back, yeah. You know, one of the things that I've always found interesting about spring training is how you can get people enough at-bats and enough legitimate innings. Uh, every inning is important. And we talk about, as you mentioned, working guys on the backfield. That's all good and well, but don't you want to see some some hitters, some legitimate hitters as well, where you can actually have a little bit more of a game environment? Yeah, I do, but I, I guess those other guys are going to be slotted in <clears throat> Flaherty Saturday, uh, Montgomery Sunday. And Matt's Monday, so they're going to get five starts. That, that's probably enough, and they'll be able to go three or four right away out here. What has uh, <clears throat> caught your eye with regard to the rule changes? I know we talk a lot about the pitch clock and, and its impact, and, and I commend the umpires for enforcing it from day one. And They've been backed up by Major League Baseball. Give me your thoughts on what you've seen about it and its impact. Well, it's interesting that the veteran pitchers are the ones having trouble with it. The guys that came up from the minors, there's nothing, no big deal to them. Yeah. They just sail right through. But those veteran guys, like Quintana the other day, who's been around for a year, forever, he pitched for the Mets. He's 34 years old. He made his first start. He allowed three doubles and a home run in the first inning. And I asked him, I said, did, did the pitch timer bother you? And he said, I, yeah, I was paying attention to it. I, you know, I, later on, he just said, let's just take care of myself. But I, that, that, I did notice that. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, as he's, he mentions it, I've seen some guys, I'll use Dakota Hudson, Giovanni Gallegos, as two guys who I think it's affected them with their pace because they're getting the pitches off, but maybe not the pitches that they need to get for strikes because they've been hit pr pretty hard in the, the two outings that they, these guys have both had. Well, you're right. And what happens during the season when you have a starting pitcher who's hopefully going to go five or six innings and he's been – back in the third or covering first on a grounder or is a wild pitch to the screen. He has to cover home and he's, he's a little winded when he goes out to the mound. He didn't have a time to collect himself. He better get ready. Next pitch is coming, pal. And especially with nobody on base. You know, it's funny you say winded because one of the things that I think you're going to see with pitchers, certainly after this season is probably getting better shape conditioning wise. I mean, the wind sprints and all the things because the game is faster. Guys were trying to get stronger now they need to be able to have a little bit more wind to back themselves up, especially, as you mentioned, backing up plays, uh, plays to first base. Those things you don't take into account until you get back to the mound and all of a sudden the heartbeat's racing a little faster than normal. And then if you don't throw your pitch, the next pitch, more than about 80% of what you have available, that pitch is going to end up in the parking lot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which brings me to this. 
for some of those guys that we see that have been known to have a good fastball, they throw 98 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, they can't reload that quickly. So do they have to start thinking about that secondary pitch? Maybe it's a slider. Maybe something that doesn't create as much stress and make sure that they can throw that for strikes as well. Yeah, for sure. Or don't let anybody get on where you have to back up any bases, you know? Yeah, well, I think maybe I found another pitch because I don't think we have that sort of situation. All right, let's talk about the bullpen for a minute. A lot of guys that are vying for eight spots, and you can go from one hand, the one left-hander, the three or four left-handers compared to the right side. How do you think that's shaping up? Because there's some guys, and I look at a guy like Zach Thompson who's going to be fighting. I look at Chris Stratton at the Cardinals extended. I look at some other guys who have started to make their name for themselves that are going to have a say-so in the bullpen. And I didn't even include Matthew Libertor, Jake Woodford, pitchers like that who don't have a home, whether as a starter or as a guy rolling the bullpen. Well, and the guy they got in Kansas City, too. I, I, yeah, Mishevich. He, he's a, been a left-handed reliever in the big leagues. Uh, I think the this all hinges on how good Cabrera is. He's the only one of that group that can stand above – if he's got a, he's got better stuff than any of those oh, guys, yeah. you know, and maybe better than anybody on the team, but he's got to get it over and he's got to have something on it. Um, that's still a, a questionable spot for me. They Packy Naughton is a name that we didn't mention, but he, he's a serviceable guy. He probably makes their team because he can come in and be a start three or four innings. If you need him to, if you got a double head or something or somebody's sick or hurt and yet he can get left-handed hitters out too. So I think he's got a pretty good shot. You mentioned Libertor. And Woodford, uh, with their <clears throat> ability, as it were, to be option, they're going to be. Yes. <laughs> if you have options, you might want to get to know the Memphis area yeah. really well because there's going to be some guys that will have to end up there. And maybe they don't deserve to be there, but because they have options, it gives the Cardinals, obviously, options on what to do. Because, let's face it, you can start this season with a pitching staff as it is. But you, I can assure you, by June, if not sooner, that, chance, that staff's going to change, be it injury, performance, you name it. And if these guys can be patient this year, they'll get their chances. They'll come up and down. But four of the six starters for the Cardinals, Connie Hudson, are going to be free agents after this year. Now, Wayne Rett's going to be gone. Flaherty eh, could be gone. Montgomery, you don't know. Matt's is here. Hudson's here. Michaelis, I would think they could sign him if they have a, a, a large interest in that. I think he does, too. But these guys will get their chance. I mean, too bad for Woodford, especially, who's been a big league pitcher and a good one. Libertor has not really had any success at the big league level. And the spot starts that he's made, you know, he's he's been roughed up a little bit. But but I like the way that he took that pitch clock on the other day and said, I, I got this, you know. Yeah, he, he was very that, good. That might that make a, him a better pitcher. He was as good as I think we've seen him in a Cardinal yeah. uniform. And granted, it was two innings. Uh, it wasn't like he was facing murderous role, but he was very efficient and how he went after hitters, and I agree with you. I think the pitch clock can only help a guy like that because we see a lot of young guys who don't know what to do. They don't know what plan B is, and they kind of stand on the mound and kind of kick the dirt and look around to see if somebody can give them the right sign. Uh, but in this case, hey, get it, throw it, and that's what he was able to do on uh, his last outing. The upside of this is if somebody gets on base, you do have five more seconds. But do you want somebody on base no, to get yeah. five more seconds? You don't want to have a reload thanks to a guy first, and all of a sudden you have a guy second, and all of a sudden they're all sitting in a dugout because somebody hit one out on the street. So it's one of those items that you take into account and you figure out what's the lesser of the two evils. 
Give me some other observations that have uh, caught your eye in this brief time. Maybe not with the Cardinals. You've covered some other teams uh, here in the spring in different venues. So give me some other items that have caught your eye. Well, surely Max Scherzer is, is the smartest pitcher alive. The other day, uh, Michael Chavis, who was with Pittsburgh last year, is now with Washington. Washington. And he decided Max was taking too long, so he stepped out. Well, the hitter gets one step out. And so there was a guy at first base at the time. So he stepped back in. He's stuck now. Scherzer held the ball in the stretch position for 14 seconds before he threw it. (laughs) Chavis ended up getting a hit before that at-bat was over. But but Scherzer said, hey, this is the first time the pitchers have had the hammer, you know, and I'm going to use it. He's smart. He'll figure out something every game that that will – as would well Wainwright, excuse me, and Michaelis, but but Scherzer's had more success than either of those guys. And he, 14 seconds, it was counted. And and then uh, what Michael Chavis was stuck. If he if he steps out again, it's strike one. <laughs> this is where Major League Baseball has to think about making sure they keep veterans around uh, to be able to teach young pitchers and young players how this works. And it's interesting. The reason why I bring it up, the NBA is going through a CBA uh, negotiation. Now, granted, the contract isn't over until the after next season, and they're almost close to signing a new deal. One of the stipulations is they want to make sure that a veteran is available to be on a roster where it doesn't hurt them salary cap-wise to do the mentoring and the tutelage that, that I think sports needs. And you pick the sport, I'll show you where they need to have veterans to show guys how to play the game and the sport in, in a professional manner. That's something I think that if you have a Scherzer and a Verlander and we have a Wainwright and you look around Major League Baseball, if you have those guys and maybe there's a bat somewhere, I think Major League Baseball has got to take a long look at making sure those guys still have something to give back to the game and help the future of the game. Those are the guys that are going to have the most success. If they have enough energy to go through this, and Scherzer will make sure he has enough energy. Oh, and yeah. so will Wainwright, so will Michaelis. Uh, they like pitching fast. And I Scherzer actually called some pitches the other day, and I told him that the that uh, I talked to Wainwright the day before and that he wants to call his own pitches, which he may do today. And and as soon as he has the ball back from one pitch, push the button and get ready to throw the next one. If a guy's standing in the box, you know, if, if the guy's standing in the box and is looking toward the pitcher, you can throw any time you want to. You don't have to wait till the eight seconds to go. Yeah. Them, yeah. And you know what? You work at your pace. Yeah. We're visiting with the commissioner, Rick Hummel of ClavesOnline.com, Hall of Fame writer and, You've had a chance to go around a little bit. You you mentioned Scherzer. Uh, it's really hard to see what teams have right now because we're seeing a lot of guys that are wearing the 90s on the back. We're seeing a lot of teams that aren't traveling their A to A league. Although I give Ali Marmo credit the other day, he took a pretty good team down to Washington, um, and I, I commend him for that. And maybe the fact that there's so many of those guys that are going to be involved in the WBC. He wants to give them some at-bats and some opportunities because all the rules that they've been stressing in spring training will not apply in the WBC. You know, I, I, that's, that's a, that worries me that, yeah. that some pitchers will get like, like, like Johnny Cueto, for instance, is going to the WBC for the Dominican Republic. Well, as, as you know, he's not the quickest pitcher out there. I mean, he, he, he'll get to do whatever he wants to in the pitching for the Dominican. But when it comes back to the Marlins, which with, with whom he is now, that's going to be a problem. And you mentioned some of the managers don't bring the, their A team, uh, although Ollie did. Uh, I saw Coach Dusty Baker's outfit at, at uh, Clover Park the other day in uh, New York. I guess it was two days ago. 
And that gummit, the same guys are here today. <laughs> he just left the bottle on the road. Yeah, yeah. Just get a hotel here and just we'll there's see. No the Tubi, there's no Altuve. There's no Bregman. There's no Brantley. <laughs> when do you think we'll start to see those players? Because we have people who watch this and who plan on coming down. And, it, you know, they want to see the good players play. So do you think we'll see that, what, third week of March where we get close to the start of the season and WBC will be winding down? Yeah, the WBC ends the 21st, and you assume that U.S. will be in the semifinals, if not the final. And then they have – they play the – 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. But the last two around the road, it's only had like four home games then. The time to see them is right now if you can get on a plane or get in a car and get down here because they play four games in the next five at home. And Ollie's going to play Goldsmith and Arnado all these games. If yeah. he'll, he'll play them. They're both, they're both in action today. No one's DHing. Goldsmith's in the, at first base, and it'll probably be different tomorrow. But those guys want to play, and they're, this is the best schedule they have for the, for the season because they leave for the WBC the – after the games of the sixth, I believe, that's just as well with them because the next two games are in Detroit and Tampa, you know, and, and, and they don't want to play over there, Lakeland or Tampa. <laughs> Why would anybody want to play over there? No. I mean, Grant, they're great facilities, but that that bus ride through Alligator Alley is not one that you would find enticing. Well, and just it's it's like three and a half, four hours over there. Uh, I think back to the days when Tony Larusso was managing in the. The Indians were still in Winter Haven, which is right in the middle of the state and real hard to get to. Yes. And Tony's dad was still alive, and he was coming over from, from Ybor City or Tampa, wherever he was living. So Tony says, okay, I'm bringing my team over there. So he, he brought the Big Big Mac, everybody else, and it was a home run derby. The Indians had a 1,000 home runs. It started the Cardinals. It was 14 to 12 or something. But the bus got stuck on the turnpike on the way back, and, and McGuire's back started acting up on him, and he, he was bothered the rest of the year just because he had been on that just trip. Just the one road trip. Yeah. Hey, before we wind things down, uh, how are we handling the uh, the NCAA tournament this year? And, and give me some of your thoughts because I think this will be the most wide-open event the NCAA has ever seen because nobody knows who really can play. Uh, the transfer portal has turned this whole basketball season upside down, and there are some teams that still are trying to figure it out. And maybe those are the teams that probably won't be in the tournament. But – it's going to be unlike anything we've seen because I don't think there's a true clear-cut favorite. I think Kansas is, is the best team probably. They have a great coach. But there's probably 25 teams that can win it. You look at the Big 12, they've got three or four. The Big 10's got four or five. The Southeastern Conference has got one in Alabama that could win it, I think. But uh, the, the ACC's got a, a, a couple, although it's hard to believe that Pitt is the champion of that league. Yeah, you know, that's that, kind uh, of a head-scratcher. Uh, but the – from my standpoint, the WBC is putting quite a crimp in, in my um, sales, as it were, yes. I should say. Uh, you know, Wayno likes to play. Arnado likes to play. You know, there are some guys that will be at the WBC. Newt Barr, Tommy, I mean, they may have to, you know, well, Western Union their picks in, in or something. Picks. Yeah. They may have to text in their Entries could be down this year. I think they're good for the money. Yeah. I think they're good for the oh, money. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be paid in like yen or anything. No, no, no that's a good point. <laughs> I get yeah, confused. We, U.S. currency is the only thing we're accepting. And, and maybe you could, maybe you could use your credit card, so to say. And Venmo, uh, I don't get that Venmo. Yeah, stuff, well, we'll you know what? We'll, maybe we'll have we'll designate somebody to handle that for you. Now, as a former champion, I think you'll be you'll well, be able to jump in and help me through these tough times. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. All right, Commission, uh, this has been fun, and we'll be doing this on a weekly basis. Don't forget, you can read the Commission's column on clavesonline.com as well. So for Rick Hummel, I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for checking us out.
And we look forward to talking to you another time. And we have a chance to sit down with the commission, talk a little baseball from Jupiter, Florida.